lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, I don't know, this... this <laughs> Today's show is a little bit different, I know I've, I've, we don't have a guest this week, it's just me here by my lonesome, which is a, a positive, I believe, or it, it, I'm going to spin it as a positive. Um, mainly, the main reason why, um, because there was just a whole lot that happened this week in the world of pro wrestling, so much, in fact, that I figured today would be a good time to kind of just take it all in and talk about it, because um, while not every topic necessarily is going to get a deep dive on this show because it doesn't necessarily um, fall into the purview of LGBTQ pro wrestling. There was a lot of big happenings over the last week. Um, You know, probably the most notable and the mainstream of pro wrestling, I would say, was uh, Big E capturing the uh, WWE Championship, becoming the fourth uh, black man to hold that belt uh, in a moment that uh, has resonated so much (laughs) throughout um, wrestling fandoms, I would say. Um, And it's very fitting that that moment came, you know, just a little more than a week after the the Black Wrestlers Draw hashtag really um, picked up a whole lot of steam. Obviously, that started with the uh, Swole versus Diamante match on AEW Dark last week, but it's been barreling forward in, in an amazing kind of movement within, um, you know, it started within wrestling Twitter, but it's boring out into other places too, which is awesome to see. Um, and this moment for Big E has been a long time coming, I think. You know, and I'm, I know I'm not there's nothing new for me to say that. I think that's a thing, something that a lot of people that, you know, listen to this show or that don't listen to this show have known for years at this point. This is something that was on Big E's path. And it was an amazing moment to see it finally come together. Amazing to see Kofi and Xavier there with him um, afterwards. It's just, it's one of those moments that you find the joy that you initially came to pro wrestling for like those are the kind of moments that stick with you forever uh, if you are as invested in in this sort of thing as a lot of people are Um, especially people in communities that have been severely underserved and underrepresented in the mainstream pro wrestling world you know, we focus on queer pro wrestling here on this show. The queer community is not the only community, obviously, that has suffered from the same, um, you know, lack of opportunity, lack of representation, lack of visibility. And, and it's good to see that companies from the top down are starting to be better about that. Obviously, there are still many, many steps to go. Um, for multiple communities when it comes to mainstream visibility in pro wrestling. But, you know, 
you celebrate the moments when they come, and this was a huge one. Um, similarly, Roxy winning the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, the re, the reinvigorated uh, championship, defeating Miranda Alize at Death Before Dishonor on Sunday was another moment that was awesome to see because it really showed you how deeply Ring of Honor is invested in that division, at least at the moment. You know, they were the semi-main, they got a great amount of time, and they both, uh, both Roxy and uh, Miranda were out there just busting it and put on, you know, an amazing match. Um, and, you know, Roxy is... Roxy isn't even old enough to drink. <laughs> and she's already this damn good. Um, I can't think of... Um, obviously, there there are a number of people that were in the tournament that, uh, that would have been great to be that first champion with the with the new title but Roxy is a uh, definitely on that list and it's amazing to see her there also great to see you know Max the Impaler our non-binary destroyer uh, get uh, a contract with Ring of Honor coming out of the tournament there Trisha Dora looks like she's gonna be sticking around in the company pairing up with Shane Taylor promotions more than likely speaking of that we saw O'Shea Edwards on the pay-per-view as well uh it's such an amazing uh in-ring uh athlete and to see him on that show was great as well you know STP retaining the the six-man tag team championships there um yeah it's just the in-ring has just been outstanding and it's just going to get better you know impact it announced the uh, the Knockouts Knockdown All Women's event coming off of NWA Empower, and you know we already have. I'm sure there's going to be a number of LGBTQ um, wrestlers on that card, just based off of how Empower was put together and the people that competed on that, and the working relationships that Impact has with other companies at this point. Um, also, you know, Mickey James has a hand in it <laughs> again. Um, I don't know if it's the same amount of, uh, production input that she had with Empower. Um, but either way, it's amazing to see her back there. And Veda Scott is going to be on commentary. Another outstanding, uh, LGBTQ representative that's going to be on that show. Uh, it's just, it's all shaping up to be great there. And then, of course, across the pond, you have this uh, pure show coming up on October 9th in England where Charlie Morgan and Jetta are going to be facing each other. Um, and that also, that to that end as well, you have Ashley Vox and Layla Hirsch facing each other at up in uh, Limitless uh, tonight. Um, on Thursday night over on IWTV. It's just always fun to see these wrestling couples kind of get in there and scrap about. I don't know. It's it's a fun little idea, whenever, especially whenever you have that element thrown in there as well. It was the same thing I thought, you know, a couple years back at a... Um, oh, what was the show? It was um, Ladies Night Out. It was at Ladies Night Out where uh, Kiara Hogan and Diamante wrestled each other. That was a, a very fun match to watch as well. Just have all these things in the back of your head as you're watching these people who truly, truly love each other um, just kick each other in the face. <laughs> no. I don't know. It's, it's the fun thing that comes with uh, pro wrestling and kind of learning and, and growing with these people 
as much as you can as someone who is on the outside looking in you know it's just it's just a, another fun aspect of it it's the same reason why there's so many stories on outsports that talks about you know couples getting engaged and um, competing against each other it's just always a fun little narrative to throw in there and, and it's amazing to see people um, share their love for their craft in with each other in that way whether it's you know, facing each other, or what Jetta and Charlie Morgan are going to be doing at the next Pro Wrestling Eve show in October, where they're going to be teaming up to face the team of Sky Smithson and Rio Riley. That is going to be uh, another fun little contest, I would say, and, and a good way to kind of keep the momentum from Pro Wrestling Eve's return at Wrestle Kingdom for uh, moving forward into uh, the end of the year. Now there are plenty of other news stories for this week that that came from outside of the ring and I do want to get to those as well but before we get there sticking with in-ring for a little bit longer uh, I do want to take a minute to talk about the uh, Pro Wrestling Magic show from this weekend that just went up on IWTV. Um, Those that don't know the Pro Wrestling Magic is a company that runs out of uh, the Northeast primarily um, Jersey, New York area there. Um, they have been very pro-LGBTQ on their shows. They're very pro-inclusion on their shows. You know, Jay George um, was kind of front and center for this this past show. It was uh, Jay George's um, masterpiece, that the cinematic masterpiece, rather, that the, the show was. And, you know, it had all of his touches on it. All the little vignettes in between were really good. Um, Jay George himself became number one contender to the Pro Wrestling Magic Championship. So, a lot of stuff there, but um, which of course is held by Erica Lee, a uh, past guest on this show. But the match that really caught my eye um, was the Dark Arts Championship match between Darius Carter, um, arguably the best villain in pro wrestling going today, uh, as evidenced by his appearances on the Cassandra Cup and Paris' bumping, and anywhere else he likes to show up and just poop in the toilet bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in the best way possible, don't get me wrong, I love watching Darius work. He's, he's outstanding. Um, but he was defending his championship against Everett Cross, the god of drivers, who uses they-them pronouns... Um, I don't know exactly how they identify, but I do know that they use they-them pronouns. It's on their Twitter bio. It's it's right there, front and center for everybody. And watching the match, which was outstanding from an in-ring perspective, lots of hard-hitting um, action, lots of drama. The story was great. It really like kind of peaked the, this round system that we've seen implemented um, throughout Darius's uh, Dark Arts championship reign but one thing that kind of it didn't necessarily overshadow the match for me because I was still thoroughly invested and Everett you know finally vanquishing Darius and reclaiming the Dark Arts championship for the second time um, that was an outstanding moment and I thoroughly enjoyed everything from an entering perspective. But one thing that did stick with me, and, and always, it stuck in the back of my head, um, moved throughout to like the front of my consciousness multiple times throughout the match, and it stuck with me coming out of it, is the fact that the commentary team constantly referred to 
um, Everett with the wrong pronouns. Now, I know sometimes people keep their wrestling personas and their real life um, identity separate. So I don't know if like the character Everett Cross identifies other than um, the real person Everett Cross um, does, but not having that knowledge, like to know that there's someone in the ring who uses they the pronouns and to hear commentary continually use the wrong pronoun and it feels disrespectful. Um, you know, I wrote a story a while back, uh, a while back, it was like maybe a couple months ago, about a very similar situation happening at Rise Wrestling in Pittsburgh, where Commander Sterling was misgendered multiple times on commentary. And, you know, Rise handled that um, pr- pretty well. You know, I would say they handled it um, with care to the point that they removed the broadcasters and, and ended working relationships with them over it. You know, so this isn't a new thing um, with pro wrestling. And, you know, I'm not, I haven't been in contact with anybody at Magic, so I don't know if, like, they had the same protocols that, that companies like Rise or other companies that I know have done where they include um, wrestlers' pronouns on, like, rundowns or, or uh, fact sheets for commentators in that way. But, you know, pronouns are a thing that um, it's just I'm done with it. I'm done with um, people not using correct pronouns for people. I'm even especially on pro wrestling broadcasts. You know, I'm done with it. And this situation was a, a little bit more um, pointed for me because of what already happened and came out from that show over the weekend before the um, edited um, version of the show went up on IWTV earlier this week. Uh, because at that show, there was a uh, a stable a wrestler and manager who came out, and I believe it was the manager who's, who actually was on the microphone and said some really abhorrent things and very ableist things. You know, dropping ableist slurs in there. Um, and, you know... Magic was very quick to respond whenever people started calling them out online on it. You know, um, they you know they edited the segment out of the show. Um, they you know I, they didn't go so far as to say um, any consequences for the people that were involved in that segment. But you know I I'm sure there might be something internally there. I don't know. Regardless, Magic was quick to respond and quick to address the issue in some way. But to be so vocal and so forward about handling that situation and just not addressing this at all and just letting it go up on the broadcast, um, you know, I don't know however it feels about this, but, you know, as another non-binary person watching this product, like... It hurts me to see this happen because wrestling should be better. You know, that it's it's not hard. You know, it is not hard to get this right. It isn't. And for Magic to leave that in or not address it in the same way that they have addressed um, 
this the the ableist comments that were on the show is is disappointing personally. You know, I know that for the most part, from the knowledge that I have of pro wrestling magic's management, they are great to work with. They are very inclusive. You know, they try their best um, to bring in a diverse array of talent for their shows and it, and it and it has shown very very much in their output over the past couple of years i would say but you have to keep the energy going um at all times you really do you know and you know i just hope that Wrestling magic takes a look at this and and um you know does the work going forward to make this right you know, even if it's someone where someone slips up and they're corrected and then they keep going um, using the correct pronoun, that's acceptable. You know, people slip the tongue all the time on accident. I know uh, on every episode of this show, I probably have mispronounced a word because of issues like health issues that I have. So it happens, you know, but you have to make sure that you take opportunities to learn and and grow in your approach to these things. So I, I hope that Magic addresses this, um, and I hope that correct pronouns are used forever going forward. And you know, if that's the other thing too, like I don't know how Everett feels about this. So I, they might be fine with it. I doubt that personally but you know every we're as many people in this show have said like communities like this are not monoliths you know just because i am upset about something doesn't mean that another non-binary person would necessarily be upset about that as well so i don't know it but even if like ever isn't upset by it your non-binary community that is tuning in to watch this if they know that Everett is non if Everett does use they and pronouns um, then that's going to affect them. You know, it's the same thing that we saw with the Olympics this year. You know, so I don't know. I just I had to take a moment to talk about that because it's just been stuck in my brain for um, a little bit now. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some stuff outside of the ring outside of broadcasts that happened this week, um, including the uh, Butch vs. Gore news, the Jake Atlas news, and also um, a very interesting Twitter space that happened over the week. We'll be right back. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. 
Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. All right, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the ring. Um, obviously, you know, before the break, talked about stuff that has gone on outside of the ring that has made waves through, you know, LGBTQ pro wrestling circles and beyond in the pro wrestling world. Um, and probably the two biggest stories of the week in in those circles would be the um, the cancellation of Butch versus Gore's Human Nature, as well as, you know, the rest of their events for the for, for twenty twenty one and Jake Atlas's uh, departure from the pro wrestling world as it seems. Um, you know, he didn't go so far as to say retirement, but, you know, an indefinite leave um, citing mental health struggles. Um, so, you know, I, I think we'll start with Butch vs. Gore first, um, because this one hits hard personally to me, because, you know, Billy Dixon has been one of the more frequent guests on this show. I love every chance I get the chance, every chance I get to talk to Billy. Um, you know, Lowe has been on this show as well. You know, we've Butch versus Gore as a production house has kind of grown right alongside the growth of this show. You know, and you know we've sponsored some of their events. We've sponsored um, some of Billy's like solo events like Paris is Bumping um, and we've, we've been along for the ride the entire time that Butch vs. Gore has been going um, and frankly like whenever that announcement was made it, it, it sucked it, it just it sucked it sucked um, and you know I know that as much as it sucked for me it sucked a thousand times more for Billy and Lowe to have to make the statement you know I've I've reached out to both of them. Neither really want to comment beyond what they've already put out publicly on social media, which I completely understand. But all of it, the issues seems to point back to uh, finances, points back to the cost of entry for running independent shows in the way that they do. So that's frustrating that it's not anything other than the fact that there's just not enough money right now, you know, to get these shows going in the Chicago area or, you know, any other place like that. There's a huge barrier to entry when it comes to running independent 
pro wrestling shows. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know how the numbers break down. I know how much each commission where states have commissions charge or like local, um, you know, local um, bodies that kind of govern that stuff or regulate that sort of stuff and, and how much that really factors into it financially. I don't know how those numbers break down because I've never run a show before, but from a spectator standpoint, from someone who, you know, has, you know, I cover this for my job, but I also just thoroughly enjoy going to and watching these shows. It's a real bummer that um, the only reason why we aren't getting these shows is because the financial support isn't there. And I'm not saying financial support from you know, podcasts or fans or anybody like that who has been very apt to sponsor shows, sponsor matches, sponsor wrestlers, sponsor segments, that sort of thing. Because, like, that has been one of the interesting things to watch grow over the past couple of years is this new sponsorship structure that has emerged that has really helped offset some financial costs for, for a lot of these shows. But those don't cover everything and you have to have financial backing beyond that um and it's just it's just frustrating because i know how successful those shows have been in the streaming aspect of it you know you know billy has been on this show multiple times talking about how you know cassandro cup paris is bumping those shows broke records for IWTV streaming. Those shows have trended um, on Twitter, um, high numbers on Twitter. You know the the audience has been there for these things, and they they have responded to the call to action, and they've responded to the desire to see these LGBTQ specific shows run. In and it's been amazing to watch, but to see that that isn't enough you know it's I think it's a, a wake-up call in a lot of ways you know and I don't have the answer honestly like you know I think like any other promotion or production house in this industry like if you could have a big money backer show up and and just throw that in there to help out that would be awesome but that's not something you can always depend on and um I don't know, it's just it's just sad to see a space like PVG go away. Even if it's just for a hiatus until twenty twenty two, you know, they could like you know, they haven't said anything about twenty twenty two yet. I think there's still a lot of expectation about twenty twenty two, um, at least in some way, because I know I know Billy has publicly said on, on Twitter that like, you know, he might be done running shows we'll see um how that plays out but regardless like bbg still has a chance to come back in 2022 and i severely hope that it does but just the the gap that 2021 is going to have without having their shows running um it sucks because those are the spaces that we need those are the spaces that have Advan- helped advance this movement in the way that it has. You know, they're the, that's those are the kind of spaces that have put a lot of people on other people's radars. 
And to lose that, even for uh, the amount of time of, you know, four, three or four months, um, that sucks in and of itself. And if Butch vs. Gore never runs a show again, that sucks. I, I don't even know the number of times more. You know, we have to keep our spaces solvent. We have to keep our spaces open. And these avenues have to continue if we want to keep um, this this movement of visibility going forward. You know, and I know that there are a number of other promotions that are not LGBTQ specific that have definitely been stepping up in terms of you know having more queer wrestlers on their shows and and kind of opening up their eyes to uh, the concept of inclusivity over the past couple of years, and that's awesome to see. But you know. There's something special about having something that is made by your community for your community in that way. And um, I love the big gay brunches, but, you know, that was one aspect of it. And, and to lose another aspect of it is really sad to see. So I, this is just me saying I, severe, I really, really hope that um, Butcher's Gore comes back in 2022. Um, but... I totally understand if this whole situation is kind of like ground uh, Billy and Low to a point that, you know, they might need a longer break. They might just need to, like, find a new journey in pro wrestling entirely, you know. Um, I don't know. That's my feeling. That, that's my feelings. I just, I hope it comes back. And if it doesn't, thank you so much to Billy and Low for what you have done over the past year and a half, almost two years at this point. Um, it's just been outstanding both to cover and to watch and to um, just see what that kind of care and contribution can really do for an entire community of people who have been clamoring for people to take them seriously in that way um, and of course that kind of leads into another departure with Jake Atlas um, obviously um, Jake announced earlier this week that he was stepping away from pro wrestling entirely for an indefinite amount of time you know I, if you listen to the interview that he did with uh, Denise Salcedo um, over on uh, Instinct Culture on YouTube you know, there was a lot of discussion about mental health, you know, and, and Jake's own mental health what, during his WWE tenure. You know, he said it was the worst place that he's been mentally uh, when, <laughs> whenever he was with WWE. But it seems like that struggle wasn't exclusive to his time with WWE. You know, in a statement, he said that he's been dealing with these mental health issues and, and anxiety issues the entire time that he's been in pro wrestling which is you know five years at this point just over five years and you know he has some some choice words for the people that were speculating that he was injured at um the death before the dishonor show on sunday that he uh wrestled at i mean it just like the bvg news this this does sting because jake has been someone who um you know for that that time frame that he was in pro wrestling really was one of those first figures that
put um, LGBTQ identities on pro wrestling in a, a large way. You know, I know that you know starting out on, on the West Coast and then starting to branch out across other indies um, in the early years of, of his career. Um, he's definitely starting to make a name for himself, but 2019 was a huge year for him. You know, his work with Rise and with PWG, um, and GCW, and First, and so many other companies. Um, you know, he was out there being vocal in his own way and, and being, you know, empowering in his own way um, throughout that entire time, and it was amazing to see. And then so much so that he got signed by WWE and something was lost there and and you know Jake went into more of that on the the interview with um, Denise Salcedo definitely go check that out if you want more information on that I don't necessarily want to get into all of that because I don't want this isn't a a speculation show really but um it just sucks to see um to know that he was dealing with this stuff the entire time that he was in pro wrestling and I am very, very, very happy that he is taking this time for himself. You know, like, it gets said a lot, but mental health, um, your own personal mental health, takes precedent over so many other things in life. You know, it definitely takes precedent over work, and hobbies and and stuff like that especially work that is like contributing to those things um so i think that this is a a a show of strength this is a um another just another move of uh empowerment in a way that speaks to um a community like the lgbtq community that you know has higher numbers of people that suffer with a lot of these things you know and it speaks beyond that too because like mental health is not exclusive to underrepresented communities you know we have higher numbers but it's not exclusive to those um so yeah i don't i i hope that jake or i guess kenny now uh real name kenny marquez uh, i hope that kenny finds um the kind of solace and and help that he needs to feel right with himself or to feel better with himself and keeps working towards whatever he wants to work towards because you know dude is <laughs> amazing and, and you know by all accounts he is talented in so many other ways than just pro wrestling he's just a really good pro wrestler so yeah, um, I'm glad that he did get to have his moment, though, at the Big Gay Brunch uh, last week because, you know, he was somebody who was there at the foundational level. You know, the, like, people like Billy Dixon and Effie and, um, you know, those, those Jake Alice is right there with, with them. Eddie McQueen right there with them um, in a lot of ways in terms of... Heightening the level of visibility for our community within this world, and you know, if we only get these five years of Jake Atlas, then it was an amazing five years, and he did so much in that time frame to kind of help build where we're at now, alongside 
other cornerstones of this movement. So, um, you know, if I'm so happy that the Big A Brunch happened, he got his match with Effie in front of a crowd that was so beautifully queer and knew exactly how to celebrate him in the way that he deserves because of the meaning that his presence within the pro wrestling world brought to them. You know, so you know, if we never see Kenny put on the Jake Atlas persona again here in the world of pro wrestling, then I think that the legacy has been made. And it's one that is going to remain on the lips of a lot of pro wrestling fans, um, queer or otherwise. So thank you, Jake. Thank you, Kenny. Um, and best of luck in what you have coming up for you. And, and I really hope that you do find um, a, a better place um, within yourself for you. It's it's the fight that we all fight, <laughs> you know? Like, I... Uh, my own mental health struggles, too. So... Well, the final thing I wanted to get to today before we... Um, make a exit out of here on a kind of shortened version of the show um, is a, a Twitter space that happened on Monday that was extremely interesting to me, you know, because uh, I've been involved with labor movements in the recent past <laughs> and um, there's been a, a reignition of the idea of unionization within some pockets of pro wrestling and you know Tom at T2T Academy in Brooklyn who also runs um, IWW um, the wrestling company not the union <laughs> um, you know he has he put together a Twitter space alongside um, Nino a uh, labor rights advocate who has participated in unionization efforts before um, and started kind of getting the, the at least the first conversations around this in in a larger scale per se. And you know I didn't get to tune into all of the the Twitter space there, but what I did get to hear was a very sound conversation, a very um, thoughtful and nuanced conversation around exactly what something like that would look like for the pro wrestling world just with the unique constructions of the pro wrestling world you know where you have promotions that are independent from one another across the country that you know and and just knowing how like state by state stuff might differ depending on on a multitude of facets i don't know it's it's an encouraging conversation to see happen or it's encouraging to see the conversation happen, rather. Because the conversations around, like, workers' rights within pro wrestling and, and worker protections within pro wrestling, like, those haven't gone away. They haven't gone away for decades, or since, you know, the, uh, the ill-fated attempt by Jesse Ventura to start a wrestling union back in the 80s. You know, um... I and mean, we've had unions in wrestling before. You can go look at the old uh, Lucha Union in Mexico... There's a way to kind of bring these communities together and to bring the, the, the workers of pro wrestling together and be able to give them more of a voice. It's incredibly encouraging to see. 
you know, and I know that this is this is a, a baby step towards whatever this might look like, or you know, whatever may happen coming out of it. But as someone who spent the better part of uh, two years in in the middle of uh, their own um, labor rights action out here in Portland with the um, the Donut Workers United uh, Union that has been trying to get recognition from Voodoo Donut out here. Look it up. I don't want to get into everything here because I'll have you here for an hour. Just look it up. Um, this hits close to home and I am all for it. You know, obviously there there has to be stuff that is worked out that addresses the intricacies of pro wrestling, but I'm just glad to see that the conversations are starting. And I am all the way here for whatever conversations continue to happen around this and to see where this goes. Um, yeah. Power to the people. Isn't that what, that's what Darius Lockhart says, right? Power to the people and people have the power. Yeah, there we go. And as one of the people, I'm using my power to end the show <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, that's it for us here this week on the show. Come back next week. We're going to have uh, some more awesome conversations. We're going to have uh, a guest again next week. Um, and we're just going to keep rolling forward because there's stuff happening. Enjoy Wrestling is, Night Moves is coming up. You know, Pro Wrestling Eve is coming up. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Eel O'Neal is apparently starting a, a legal fight with Jersey Championship Wrestling. I, um, if, yes, the, please let me see the goon lawsuit. Oh, it's wild. Um, but I'm also happy because I'm going to start getting back into the local scene here in the Pacific Northwest in the next couple of weeks, and I am thoroughly excited. Um, you know, so if you're going to be at the uh, Without a Cause show in Everett, Washington, um, on Sunday, September 26th, I'll be there. Uh, if you're going to be at the DOA Pro Wrestling show, the 13th anniversary show here in Portland on October 2nd, I'm going to be there. I am breaking out of this house that has been uh, holding me for a lot of this pandemic. You know, I went to Paris' bumping solid gold and I got the bug again. I can't help it. So I got to get back into my own neck of the woods here and start supporting the people around here which luckily there's a number of great lgbtq talents here as well so i don't know i'm excited uh so if you see me at whack or you see me at doa like feel free to come say hi i don't know i feel weird saying that for myself i don't really bring attention to myself even though i do this for a living anyway that being said um excited about the qwi 200 I will not say anything else about it right now because we're just going to... It's it's right now, that's pretty much all the information that y'all need. There's 200 wrestlers on it. It's ranked. I've got my nose to the to the street. That's the, that's the idiom, right? Uh, I don't know. I've... Nose to the grindstone. That's the one. I've got... I've, I'm burying myself in getting this done. Um, and so... And I do it out of love. But... Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm thoroughly excited for it. Um, and I hope you all are too. But with that, we will say goodbye for this week. Come back next week. 
and all the other weeks after that. Check out all the other great shows here on the Outsports Podcast Network. Um, but until next Thursday, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated, and remember to respect the Nabisco strike. Bye. See me to deal with the demons so a lover can live When the moon is high and the devil is driving stick It's the formula 666